Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Friday morning on another Bucks game day. The Bucks will be back in action tonight, taking on the Denver Nuggets. 8 p.m. Central Time tip. It is a late one. I'm not 100% sure why the tip is so late, but it is later than usual, so make sure you take note of that one. But a really interesting Thursday around the NBA as far as the Bucks go. Uh, unusually... Busy off day. It's been pretty calm for Milwaukee. It always feels like the the way that they're going, the season's just been rolling on, and there hasn't been too much news. It's all been good so far, but uh, some interesting things to talk uh, about on this podcast. Frank is not with me. I did see uh, on Twitter earlier. It looked like he was having some some travel delays. So uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, he makes it makes it home at a at a reasonable hour. And I'm sure this podcast is the last thing that he's worrying about. But tonight was the night they announced the, the All-Star Reserves. And this was certainly going to be a, a night of interest for Bucks fans. We've spoken a lot about this over the last week or so, particularly in relation to uh, Chris Melton, Eric Bledsoe, and, and Brooke Lopez. So uh, probably not so much a surprise to anyone. Middleton does get the All-Star uh, berth. That's his second in a row. Uh, quite remarkable. Chris Middleton now officially a two-time NBA All-Star, we, we know how much time we've spent talking about him over the last 12 months and, and what he's brought to this team. And particularly this year, uh, especially with yesterday's podcast with uh, Ted Davis, the, the longtime Bucks uh, play-by-play radio caller, which, by the way, if you didn't listen to that one, that was, that was really fun. I really had a fun time talking uh, to Ted about uh, this year's Bucks, Giannis, and, and just the, the greatness uh, of Giannis and how Ted has watched him right through his career and a bunch of other stuff. So if you did miss it, that one, uh, make sure you jump, jump back and listen to that because that was a, a really fun chat. But Chris Milton signs the max deal in the summer and really could not have responded any better than he has. He's having a career year for sure. As we've mentioned, over 20 points per game, 50-40-90 shooting splits as we speak right now. Uh, and uh, he he picks up the, the reserve spot. So again, uh, when uh, the all-star captains, obviously Giannis, uh, you would imagine is going to pick Chris Milton first. Or we know he's going to pick Chris Milton first. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Chris Milton said himself tonight on TNT uh, that he expects Giannis to pick him, and he will. Uh, so that's next Thursday night, which was fun last year. It was really fun to see uh, Giannis and LeBron up there and which uh, direction they go. We know that Giannis uh, sort of went towards the international guys. Uh, so look out for Joel Embiid, uh, Pascal Siakam, and, and these these types of guys that... Uh, Giannis might try and get Luka Doncic, another one. So that's going to be fun. So then next Thursday, that's when the, the teams will be uh, selected. So again, uh, you would expect that Giannis and Chris will be together. But uh, I just want to quickly run through the other reserves that were picked. And then uh, I'm going to go into a little bit about Eric Bledsoe 
and why he wasn't selected and what might may, may have been the reasoning for that. So the reserves that were selected, Bam Adebayo from Miami and also Jimmy Butler, uh, certainly ones that Frank and myself picked. And I think for most people, they were uh, yeah, probably locks when you looked at this, at the season the Heat are having, the season those two are having. Uh, Domas Sabonis gets in for Indiana. So l- listen, we, we spoke about the possibility of the Pacers having that one all-star. I know there was a lot of talk about Malcolm Brogdon early in the season, but he's really dropped off and he's just flat out missed too many games. And uh, we, we know that this is nothing new with Brogdon, but he's had a bunch of injuries along the way. So Brogdon misses out. Uh, ben Simmons gets in. Uh, no real surprise there. Certainly over the last uh, two weeks, three weeks with Joel Embiid out, who uh, is back now, but, but uh, Ben Simmons really took his game to another level, uh, maybe just uh, opening up more questions about the fit of this Sixers team. But uh, Ben Simmons gets the, the second All-Star nod for him. And Jason Tatum was a nullar reserve. So this was interesting because... Uh, there was some uh, conversation like, okay, well, the Celtics are probably going to have a second one. We know Kemba Walker uh, has already been named as an all-star, but are you going to go with Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? Uh, Jason Tatum's the one that gets the nod here. That's probably the one that I I thought was going to get the the nod from the coach. So Tatum becomes the first-time all-star. And then the last one, Kyle Lowry. I believe this is his sixth all-star spot now. And this is a good uh, good way to lean into what I want to get into. So uh, I was I was working tonight for my uh, the the job with NBA.com that I'm doing, and and I quickly just jotted down a, a story of some of the the All Star snubs. And uh, Eric Bledsoe for mine was was on that list. Now I didn't expect that Eric Bledsoe was going to be an All Star, but he certainly had a case. And I know that people probably get sick of us talking about the per 36 numbers, but let's be real here. The Bucks are on 70 win pace and their starters are only playing around 30 minutes per game. And in Eric Bledsoe's case, he's only playing 26 minutes per game. So I don't really care about people throwing the raw stats at me and saying, well, Bledsoe can't make the All-Star game because he's averaging 15 points a game. It's ridiculous. He's playing 10 minutes less than Kyle Lowry. So... As a part of this story, and I put it up on Twitter, I know a bunch of you probably already saw this, but I just want to read through some of these numbers. So Eric Bledsoe, per 36, 21.2 points, 6.2 rebounds, 7.1 assists. He's averaging two more points than Kyle Lowry, 1.7 more rebounds, and just 0.1 assists less than Lowry. Bledsoe's averaging more points per game, or per 36, that is, than Jimmy Butler. He's averaging more assists per 36 than Jimmy Butler. And he's only averaging 0.9 rebounds less than Butler as well. And the numbers are very, very close with Jason Tatum as well. There's there's uh, less than half a rebound and half assist between those. And Tatum's only averaging one more uh, point per 36, 1.6 points per 36 there. So that's just to give you an idea of... The probably underrated season that Eric Bledsoe is having, we've spoke a lot about his shooting. I think that's been a huge uh, improvement for him, obviously, up uh, just a tick under 36% now from three. He's a polarizing player. There's no doubt about that. Eric Bledsoe is a guy that not only uh, at times can sort of fade in and out of games, and he can have some nights where he's not as aggressive as others, but there's also some demons there that, that Bucks fans live with and understand that, uh, you know, there's some unanswered questions that aren't going to be answered until 
uh, April, May, hopefully June. But but that doesn't, or that should not take away from the regular season that Eric Bledsoe is having. And when you look at Kyle Lowry playing 36 minutes per game, and then Eric Bledsoe playing 26, I mean, their numbers are, are very similar. Now, the interesting thing about Kyle Lowry is this is a guy now a six-time All-Star. And you see this, and I thought this was the interesting thing about Chris Milton getting a second nod here now because that is significant because there's no question for mine that Kyle Lowry got this All-Star nod because he has that respect as an All-Star player. He won an NBA championship last year. People view him as an All-Star. He's been there year after year after year after year. And people just simply don't view Eric Bledsoe as an all-star player. That doesn't mean he's not having an all-star season. It's fair to say if he was playing more minutes, if he was playing 32, 33 minutes, maybe he would have been in the conversation a little bit more. And it was interesting, John Hollinger, I know a lot of people like reading his stuff or following him on Twitter. In his all-star prediction uh, story that he had come out last week, he had Eric Bledsoe in there and he spoke a lot about the, the defensive end of, of things. And, and while we always talk about the Bucks defense and we focus in on Giannis and we focus in uh, on Brooke Lopez and, and the job they do protecting the paint, protecting the rim, Eric Bledsoe is a first-team uh, first all-defense player from last year. So what he does defensively for this team, a lot of the times making sure that those guys that he's defending are getting funneled into Lopez and funneled into Giannis and pushed into that mid-range and that floater range where the Bucks sometimes appear like they're susceptible and getting, and getting cut up a little bit defensively. That's where they want guys taking the shot. And I think Bledsoe's role in the, in the defense has, uh, has almost got to a point where that's been underrated as well. A lot of people will think that Bledsoe should have been the All-Star last year ahead of Chris Milton. Chris Milton got the nod. I think that that narrative has sort of flipped this year for obvious reasons. Chris Milton was a lock. So let's get that out of the way first. But I, I do think, this is something I've been saying for a while now, that Eric Bledsoe has really been looked over completely and totally. And I know he missed some games uh, with, that, with that lower leg injury or that, that fracture uh, for a while there, missed seven or eight games. But uh, he's been fantastic. And, you know, it's really unfortunate. Even a game like the other night uh, where Chris Milton has this unbelievable night, the 51 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. And Eric Bledsoe, he put up 34, 10, and 6 of himself. And it was overlooked because of how great Chris Milton was in this sort of the, just the red-hot season he's having. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you're tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra 1000 bucks in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. But Eric Bledsoe can consider himself uh, very unlucky, and it was interesting. I'm, I'm sure that... Everyone caught this. Giannis 
back on Twitter, back on social media. I actually didn't check Instagram, to, to be honest. I, uh, but uh, as far as Twitter goes, Giannis ended his uh, Twitter exile that lasted a, a few days here, obviously, after you know, what happened with Kobe and, and the tragedy. And, you know, I, I, understandably so. I know why people were a little bit concerned about that and wondering at, at the mental state of Giannis and where he was at and how much he was struggling with with the, the devastation that followed that accident. But, uh, you know, we said this the other day, but, but everyone reacts to these things differently. And, and I know personally, uh, I said this when I was talking with Frank, doing that podcast the other day was by far the most difficult thing I, I've had to do since, since joining the media or, or, you know, trying to kickstart this media career because I just found that extremely difficult. I didn't think I did that, uh, that uh, podcast justice basically by the, the way we spoke about it. I, I didn't feel overly comfortable about it. It's a really tough thing. And, and some people do these things differently. And for Giannis, someone that had a real connection with Kobe, someone that had uh, worked out with him before idolized him as a kid, maybe just looking at social media and reading those things was just too much for him. And, and that makes total sense to me. Everyone's just wired differently, but he's back. And he came back to defend Eric Bledsoe. So the tweet from Giannis, how on earth are we about to have almost 50 wins before all-star and we don't have three all-stars in the game? E bled is an all-star. So that's the tweet. That's how Giannis ended his Twitter exile. And I just want to say it was interesting because because he deactivated his account, he lost all his followers. So for, uh, I just want to make this, this, this is my like, I'm going to brag about this for, for about, I was about to say 10 minutes, but it wasn't 10 minutes because I think Giannis already had about 50,000 followers in uh, about five minutes. But for at least a couple of minutes there, everyone listening to this podcast, you can, you can say that for a small amount of time, you had more Twitter followers than the NBA <laughs> MVP. So put that on your CV, put that on your Twitter CV. You had more followers than Giannis for about two minutes. But Giannis is back. He's back on social media. And that was, uh, that was really good to see. And I'm just going to say, Eric Bledsoe was snubbed. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but he was. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing for him. Disappointing for him at his age, now over 30 years old. Uh, we know how unselfish he's been with this Bucks team, along with Chris Milton and all these other guys. And it would have been nice to see him get rewarded with an all-star uh, berth. But uh, it wasn't to be for Bledsoe. And uh, he will have to look to go again next year for that, uh, that all-star berth that he has been chasing with this Bucks team that has been so dominant. Okay, so some other news out today. And this one came in early. And it was interesting today. So the Bucks were scheduled to practice uh, we got a message early this morning that it was going to be an individual day. So an individual day basically uh, means that the guys all go into the practice facility. They're together. They're working out. They're getting shots up. They're doing whatever they want to do. But uh, they can classify it as an individual day. And then there's no media availability. So we didn't get to catch up uh, with the guys today to, to get any sort of updates on anything that I'm about to go through. But we did see earlier in the day that DJ Wilson and Dragon Bender got assigned to the Wisconsin Herd. And they played a game last night. The Herd lost that game 118 to 126. They went down to the College Park Skyhawks, which is the affiliate of the Atlanta Hawks. But for DJ Wilson, this was interesting. And and obviously for a lot of reasons, we know why Wilson is a guy that uh, Bucks fans have a lot of interest in. 
Uh, he's a guy that's flashed uh, talent, particularly defensively. And this season just has not had the opportunities to play. So he went down tonight. And uh, from all reports, I didn't see the game. He played pretty well and he was aggressive and he was looking for his shot. So Wilson finishes with 19 points, nine rebounds, five assists on six for 16 shooting. And probably the most important thing is that he played 31 minutes. So for DJ Wilson so far this season, the most or the season high in minutes played for him in any game, 23 minutes, 45 seconds. That was in the Bucks' 41-point win against the Charlotte Hornets. Remember, they beat the Hornets by 41 points. And then they beat the New York Knicks by 44 points in the next game. In that Knicks game, DJ Wilson played 23 minutes and 36 seconds. So, I mean, he's played eight more minutes than he's played in any other game. And for mine, regardless of what's going to happen in the future, regardless of what uh, we can hypothesize about what's going to happen in the next few weeks, we are now less than a week away from the trade deadline. For me, this is just really smart use of the system. This is what the G League team is there for. This is why the Bucks have an affiliate just an hour, an hour and a half down the road. That, uh, that they can send guys down to. And I saw a bunch of people wondering, well, what does this mean for, for Giannis? Does this mean that he's going to play? Does this mean that he's not going to play? And I'm going to get to the injury report in just a little bit here. But it, it doesn't really mean anything because DJ Wilson can go down. He can be assigned to the herd, play a game last night. He'll be back with the Bucks at shoot-around in the morning when, when we go there a little bit later this morning, Friday morning, that is. Uh, DJ Wilson will be back there. Dragon Bender will probably be back there. And uh, this is just a great opportunity for them to get some, get some run. And for DJ, uh, it might surprise some people that he went down there and played for the Herd. Uh, I know there's still a sort of dissipating stigma about the G League that uh, players of a certain caliber shouldn't go down there. But, you know, DJ hasn't played. And this, for me, is just smart use of the system. If you get an opportunity to send guys down to get some minutes that haven't been playing, uh, you need to play. And I'm assuming that a lot of the people listening here uh, heard my chat with uh, Dragon Bender after uh, the game a couple of weeks ago, just before the Bucks left for Paris. I I had a little uh, interview with Dragon that was on the podcast, and and I spoke to him about the the system and the herd and how the Bucks are using it and how he feels as a player going down there, knowing that this hasn't always been looked at as a positive thing. This has been uh, something that, that people would be uh, frowned upon for going back down there. And you're talking about Bender, a top five draft pick just a couple of seasons ago, uh, being openly happy and willing to go down and play in the G League. He said it's been fantastic for him. He goes back and plays the role that he would be expected to play for the Bucks, and he gets a chance to play more than anything. And, and for your conditioning, for your game touch, uh, for, for shooting against opposition defense, not in, in a scrimmage in the practice facility, this is big. So I don't know whether this means anything for DJ Wilson moving forward, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And then that's, that's, that's the point that I want to get across. This could be just Bud saying, well, listen, he hasn't played. This is a the little uh, day, little quirk in the schedule where we're off. We haven't played for a long time. Let's get DJ down there and, and let him play. So I think it's great. Again, I love the way Bud's using the herd. I love the way the Bucks have integrated uh, the coaching staff down there. And uh, just before I move on, uh, we'll touch on uh, Dragon Bender. So he went down there as well. He finished with 15 points and eight rebounds. Uh, he was 0 for 2 from 3, so he didn't knock down one from behind the arc. But uh, 5 for 12 shooting overall in 26 minutes for Dragon. Uh, he's a guy that showed a couple of little flashes here with the Bucks over the last week when uh, Robin Lopez was was out for that, that week. He didn't go to Paris, obviously. We know that with the illness. So 
uh, this is good. This is good, again, to see to Bender uh, go down there and uh, get some minutes as well. So uh, wouldn't read anything too much more into it other than that, other than the guys, a couple of guys getting some minutes that uh, they wouldn't have got elsewhere. Uh, so that's, again, just really smart use for mine. Okay, so right from the top, I did say Bucks Nuggets tonight. As I'm recording this, actually, the, the Denver Nuggets are playing uh, right now. They're at home against the Utah Jazz. So this is really interesting because this is a very, very difficult back-to-back for Denver. Uh, impressively, and the Utah Jazz have been uh, red hot. They've been a team that, are, that have played really well. Last couple of games, they've come back to earth a little bit. But Denver right now, as I'm uh, recording here, Denver are leading 90-75. to 75, So they've got a 15-point lead with around six minutes left. So they're looking like they're going to pick up a win there. Obviously, you guys will know <laughs> the result of that game uh, by the time you're listening. But that's big for them because this is a really, really tough back-to-back to play in Denver uh, as late as it is now, nearing midnight central time. And then to come back and play that 8 o'clock tip. And you know what? Actually, now I think about this. I said, why is this game late? That's probably why it's late. Denver have got a really tough back-to-back. Uh, that's probably giving them a little bit of extra time with, with the later tip there. But uh, severely shorthanded, the Denver Nuggets in, in this one. And uh, I do want to get to the injury reports because there's certainly uh, something that, that's worth noting as far as the Bucs. A couple of, of people that uh, will be of interest to Milwaukee. So uh, for Denver... Uh, tonight in this game against Utah, Gary Harris was out for personal reasons. Uh, there's no word yet whether he's going to play tonight against the Bucs. Uh, no one has you know, any real clear answer for that question right now as I record. No one really knows what that personal reason was, why he didn't play. Uh, so we'll wait and see whether he travels with the team. Paul Millsap, left knee contusion slash sprain. He's been out for 10 games. So... I wouldn't think there's any indication that he's going to play, but again, it's one to keep an eye on. Jamal Murray's missed the last six games with a left ankle sprain, and then Mason Plumlee as well, the backup big man. He's been out for the last four games with a, a knee. So the, the, the Nuggets are struggling, and that's what I'm talking about. They beat a, a Utah team that has Rudy Gobert, has Donovan Mitchell just been named first-time All-Stars, those two. Uh, this is really impressive. This is a Denver team. Uh, that's uh, 32 and 15 right now, third in the West. And it's interesting the way that they're doing this. This isn't a team that's necessarily been elite in anything. They certainly started the season uh, red hot defensively. They were the best defensive team in the league through the first uh, two, three weeks. But right now, this is obviously prior to the result in this uh, Utah game, 12th in offensive efficiency, 11th in defensive efficiency, uh, with a net rating that has, uh, ranks 10th in the league, just 3.3. Obviously, we know the Bucks lead the uh, the league with the 12.2 net rating. So it's been kind of a remarkable performance by the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic obviously starting to round into form. We know the shape that he came into the season. He just looked overweight. He did not look ready to play. He did not look ready for the season. So uh, to see him starting to really fire up now, he's starting to rack up those triple-doubles that we know. I'm sure a lot of you remember that uh, triple-double he had in, what was that, 15 minutes, 16 minutes? The triple-double that he had at the Bradley Center? It was absolutely insane. So uh, we know he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that can shoot the three. One, the best, Probably the best uh, passing big man in the game. And I did say mention something about uh, Joel Embiid arguably being the, the, the best big man 
in the game on Twitter. So I still think of big men as in the traditional big guys. So you Joel Embiid, you Rudy Gobert, you Nikola Jokic. I still never really think when I'm saying uh, big men of Giannis, even though, I mean, he's seven foot tall. He's a big guy. He's a big man. But uh, in terms of uh, how I sort of categorize them, uh, Giannis for me is still that uh, forward slash, I I don't even know, whatever you want to call him, but I I don't put him in that uh, traditional big man category. So yeah, Jokic, uh, as talented as anyone passing the ball, obviously he's going to be uh, a big problem for uh, Milwaukee uh, tonight. But it, it's honestly just going to be interesting to see who plays because uh, when you look at the box score for this game against Utah, uh, Denver have had to play their starters big, big minutes. So as I said, we're still in the fourth quarter here, but uh, Will Barton, Torrey Craig, uh, Jokic all over 30 minutes right now. And then uh, the, the, they finished out the starting lineup with uh, Jeremy Grant and Monte Morris. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., we know. The really impressive rookie sat out his season last year. He's been putting up some big numbers. He's got 12 points, 12 rebounds as we speak. Uh, but he's a guy with a really long injury history and a guy that they really like. But you want to be a little bit careful with managing him. So how does he go on a tough back-to-back? I'm not sure. Depending on the availability for the Nuggets, this is going to be a really, 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 really tough game for them to to bounce back and get a win against a, a Bucks team that, uh, I mean, we know. They, they don't have nights off. And uh, the vice serve is obviously a very difficult place to play. But while we're talking about the injuries, certainly some names of note popped up on the injury report when I looked at this at around 6 p.m. on Thursday night. I know there was a lot of questions about Giannis. Remember, we spoke to Bud before the game against Washington. He did say, this is a, this is a real injury. This is not something we're making up. We wouldn't hold him out of that uh, Kobe tribute uh, night where they had the, the moment of silence and all those types of things. Giannis would not have sat that out if it wasn't a real injury. So he's dealing with some real soreness. Giannis has popped up on the injury report once again. Of course, this will be updated tomorrow and we'll get more info as as the day goes along and, and heading into uh, pregame at Pfizer. But Giannis questionable right now with that right shoulder. Dante DiVincenzo is listed as well. Questionable left ankle sprain. It did look like he limped off the floor the other night against Washington. We do know that he hit those two big threes that really clinched the game for the Bucs. So it wasn't Dante's best performance. But again, as we've seen, he came up with some big shots late in this one. But he's questionable. And the other big out is uh, George Hill, uh, who is out with the left hamstring strain. This has been mentioned a couple times for Hill. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get an update on that as soon as we do. Uh, I'll have that on my Twitter. Uh, keep a, an eye out for the podcast tomorrow night. Uh, plan is to do a, a post game. Uh, don't usually do one on a Friday, but this is a really big game. This is a fun game. I'm looking forward to this one against a, a team that considers considers themselves real contenders in the West as well, the, the Denver Nuggets. So uh, we're going to try and catch up with Frank. It's been too long since I, I chat with him. And the only other player I mentioned there, Frank Mason, probable with the abdominal strain. This has been on the injury report for a long time for Frank. The only thing that could bring that into relevance is if uh, these guards don't play. So maybe uh, DiVincenzo doesn't play. Uh, also, George Hill doesn't play. That would probably suggest that you're going to see some minutes from Pat Connaughton, who we know. He's, his minutes have been a little sporadic of late and also still in Brown. But uh, look, it's going to be interesting to see who suits up for the Bucks. If Giannis doesn't play again, keep an eye out for Chris Melton. Coming off the 51-point game with Giannis out the other night, Bledsoe had 34, as we spoke about. 
maybe a little bit of motivation there for Eric Bledsoe coming off the, the all-star snub, missing out for the second year in a row. So uh, there might be some motivation there for, for the Bucks and, and particularly a guy like Bledsoe and even Brook Lopez. I know I didn't really bring him up at the start here, but uh, uh, just a, he's having a terrific season, sensational season defensively. Maybe if he had a hit a higher clip from three, just really been hovering around that high 20s, 30% mark all season. Maybe he would have been a bit of a chance. But uh, nonetheless, All-Star Weekend is going to be fun, guys, because you know for the longest time, we didn't have any All-Stars. Now, for the second year in a row, we've got two All-Stars. Remember last year at the start of the game in Charlotte when Giannis and Middleton were linking up with those threes? Chris got really hot, hit those three uh, triples, four triples in the first quarter in his first stint. It was definitely three. He played really well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun in Chicago next month. But, uh, look, I am going to leave it there. Like I said, 8 o'clock tonight. Once again, just don't forget that late tip. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. Like I said, wait to see who's available on either side. I'll be back with, I'm going to assume, Frank, after this game tonight. We'll get a quick podcast out for you guys for Saturday morning so we can wrap up a game. It's been such a weird two weeks with not enough games. So uh, I want to get that out there with with Frank and and have some chatter about this game and recap some basketball. That's what we like to do. So for myself, (laughs) Jane Pittman, I'll be back tomorrow night.